0: Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Mm -hmm. Ah, Happy Thanksgiving week, if that's where you're... Attention is, depends on where you are in the world and what's going on with you. Uh, I'm happy for Thanksgiving, very much so this year. I feel I have a lot to be thankful for. I feel my life is continuously becoming more grace-filled, more peaceful, more enjoyable. Very grateful for that. Loving my life here in Vermont. And... May it be a time of great blessings for you and yours, even if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. And speaking of celebrating, let's celebrate the love divine that we are with a prayer. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love to pray. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Place our hand on our heart and be grateful and thankful to surrender all attachments, all grievances, all grudges. We're letting go of everything that no longer serves our journey. We are grateful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're not in separation thinking anymore. We're choosing to recognize that our life is the life of God. We are grateful to allow ourselves to fully know, to fully be the truth that we are, the love that we are. We're grateful to surrender all attachments, all living in lack, all sense of separation dissolves and resolves permanently back to the root cause, so we never experience it again. We joyfully open our awareness to remember the truth. We're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And in gratitude we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. So my topic this week is get out of the way of your own holiness, get out of the way of your holiness. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for my worthiness workshop and my undoing unworthiness class. So the workshop is a free uh, program and it's on Thursday, December 2nd and the th- December 3rd and December 4th I'm going to be doing it three days in a row same thing and then the following week I'm going to do a three part class so uh, I feel it's very important for us to do this now so we do not bring into the new year these thoughts of unworthiness not enoughness and for those of you who are in my Masterful Living program next year Uh, These are all some of the bonuses, so you can get uh, all these live bonuses with me if you register now for Masterful Living next year. And I feel that Spirit is guiding me to do this topic today, Get Out of the Way of Your Holiness, uh, because we're in the holiday season now. We are in it. Yes, it's happening. (laughs) And so we're going to be gathering with family or thinking about gathering with family, preparing to gather with family. And so in this, it brings up the old hurts, the old resentments, the old pain and suffering. And we can get out of the way of all of that, as well as out of the way of our own holiness. And we can stand in the light of love. And that is going to bring such benefit to our entire family. Now, when I got this topic, Spirit sent me to uh, Chapter 18, Section 4, The Little Willingness. And also sent me to... The end of chapter 20, section 4. So it's the end of section 4 and chapter 20. Uh, It's paragraph 8. And this section is entitled Entering the Ark. And Jesus says at the end here, You may wonder how you can be at peace when, while you are in time, there is so much that must be done before the way to peace is open. Perhaps this seems impossible to you, but ask yourself if it is possible that God would have a plan for your salvation that does not work. Once you accept His plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. Once you accept this as the one function you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. The Holy Spirit will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacle to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need not take thought for nothing. Excuse me. You need take thought for nothing. Careless of everything, except the only purpose that you would fulfill, as that was given you so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you and what can be more certain than a son of God. So once you accept God's plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else that Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. Accepting our function will eliminate all obstacles. It, doesn't that sound some, like something we would like and find very agreeable? It sure does to me. And yet we resist. We resist the little willingness. We resist that little willingness and that's all that's required. Yep. Now, the little willingness. I'm going to read the beginning here. The holy instant is the result of your determination to be holy. It is the answer. The holy instant is, is the answer, and it is the result of your determination to be holy. Now, I say all the time, we're already as holy as holy can be, because the whole thing is getting out of the idea of being unworthy, getting out of the idea of being bad and wrong. We're being those things because we believe that's what we are. But what we really are is holy. So let us be what we really are, instead of faking this badness this wrongness, this not good enough he also says here in paragraph 1 of the little willingness, it's chapter 18 section 4, the desire and the willingness to let it come precede its coming so the desire for the holy instant and the willingness to allow it to come precede its coming, this is what's necessary it's um, Proceeding precipitation so precipitation calls it's not just a, a word for rain and snow precipitation is when you are calling something forth so when you precipitate you're calling something into being you're calling it about you're bringing it into existence so that's what we're talking about here The desire and the willingness to let it come precede its coming. You prepare your mind for it only to the extent of recognizing you want it above all else. It is not necessary that you do more. Indeed, it is necessary that you realize you cannot do more. Do not attempt to give the Holy Spirit what he does not ask. Or you will add ego to... The Holy Spirit and confuse the two. The Holy Spirit asks but little. It is He who adds the greatness and the might. He joins with you to make the holy instant far greater than you can understand. It is your realization that you need do so little that enables Him to give so much. Now, this is really, of course, it's all really helpful. Next paragraph, trust not your good intentions. They are not enough. Nope, their good intentions are not enough. Many people have good intentions with very little willingness. So they have the intention to be loving, to be kind, to be generous of heart, to be patient, to be willing. But then when they get agitated, they have no willingness. They have an intention, but they don't have any active willingness. And, oh my gosh, how many times has that been my story? So, trust not your good intentions. They are not enough. But trust implicitly your willingness, whatever else may enter. Concentrate only on this. Only on the willingness. Be not disturbed that shadows surround it. That's right. You can have resistance and reluctance, but if you've got willingness, willingness trumps the resistance and the reluctance every time. He says, that is why you came. If you could come without them, you would not need the holy instant. Come to it, not in arrogance, assuming that you must achieve the state its coming brings with it. So in other words, it's arrogant to think or assume that you have to achieve the state on your own that your willingness brings with it. The miracle of the holy instant lies in your willingness to let it be what it is. The miracle of the holy instant lies in your willingness to let it be what it is. To let the holy instant be what it is. That joining, that recognition of unity. And in your willingness, for this lies also your acceptance of yourself as you were meant to be. The acceptance of yourself as one with all. Unified. United. Then here in paragraph three, he says, humility will never ask that you remain content with littleness. So true humility, as I frequently say, is recognizing that there's no better than and there's no less than. So that's why humility will never ask that you remain content with littleness. Some people think humility is to be able to say, "Oh, I'm I'm not all that. I'm not magnificent. I'm, you know, humble this and that." But true humility is recognizing we are made in the spiritual image and likeness of our creator. We are magnificent. We are beautiful. We are holy. We are All that and a bag of chips. And we always have been and we always will be. It says here, it does require, humility does require, that you be not content with less than greatness that comes not of you, certainly not of our personality or our our identity. As a personality. He says your difficulty with the holy instant arises from your fixed conviction that you are not worthy of it. This is the challenge. It's worthiness. Our worthiness, our lack of worthiness in our own mind is the thing that gets in the way of our experiencing our magnificence, our greatness. So we can recognize it doesn't come from us, it's been, it is us, it is us. (laughs) He says, what is this but the determination to be as you would make yourself? So the idea that we're not worthy is but the determination to be as you would make yourself. God did not create his dwelling place unworthy of him. And if you believe God cannot enter where God wills to be, you must be interfering with God's will. You do not need the strength of willingness to come from you, but only from God's will. The holy instant does not come from your little willingness alone. It is always the result of your small willingness combined with the unlimited power of God's will. You've been wrong in thinking that it is needful to prepare yourself for God. It is impossible to make arrogant preparations for holiness and not believe that it is up to you to establish the conditions for peace. God has established them. They do not wait upon your willingness for what they are. Your willingness is needed only to make it possible to teach you what they are. If you maintain you are unworthy of learning this, you are interfering with the lesson by believing that you must make the learner different. You did not make the learner, nor can you make him different. Would you first make a miracle yourself and then expect one to be made for you? So, let's combine all these things here. We are worthy, and it's arrogant to think that we're unworthy. It's arrogant to think that we should be in littleness and live in littleness. It's not our calling to be in this place of thinking we're unworthy or that anyone else is unworthy. That, that's not what we are made to do. It's not what we're designed to do. And this is why it's so painful for us to live in a space of unworthiness. And then, you know what? We're not teaching only love. We're teaching littleness. We're teaching unworthiness. We're teaching some kind of false humility that is actually arrogant. Because we're saying that what God created isn't good enough for God. What? That's insane. So... In order to experience the holy instant, which is so profoundly healing, the little willingness is all that's required. And a willingness is not an intention. Because intentions are more related to what is coming up than what is happening now. So, in this moment, I intend to be kind. Well... It's really in the next moment because I, I don't intend to be kind now. I am being kind now. So we're being willing now, not intending to be willing now. It might seem like semantics or a subtle distinction, but I think it's really worth noting because I find that many Course in Miracles students, when I talk with them privately or in classes, their willingness is not strong at all. They think it is. They have convinced themselves that they're very willing to choose love, very willing to choose peace, very willing to... Uh, open their mind, their awareness to recognize the divinity of all life. But they're getting upset and irritated and frustrated and annoyed. And as I've said many times, I, I find myself frustrated, irritated, annoyed every day for a moment. But I don't, need to carry it around I don't need to stay with it so earlier today I I got quite annoyed about something because uh, it's I mean it doesn't even matter but and then I realized oh yeah I'm caught in the perception that if I ask somebody to do something five ten twenty times Or to do something in a particular way, uh, 5, 10, 20 times, that they will, if if I'm paying them to do it, that they'll actually do it the way I've asked. But apparently not. So who am I frustrated with, irritated with? Myself, really. And so I can just, I can drop it. And I can decide, oh, well, maybe I don't need to work with this person anymore, things like that. So that's how to work with it. We don't have to be frustrated, irritated, or annoyed. I find whenever I am annoyed, it's really with myself, with my own judgments that are coming up for healing, coming up to be swept away by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, So trust not your good intentions, they are not enough. But trust implicitly your willingness, whatever else may enter. Now let's pop back to chapter 20, section 4, entering the ark. Last paragraph here, paragraph 8. Where Jesus says, ask yourself, if it is possible that God would have a plan for your salvation it does not work. Once you accept God's plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. The Holy Spirit will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip upon and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything except the only purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not on contingency. It rests on you. And what can be more certain than a son of God? So the invitation here is to rest in certainty of our willingness. Of our willingness. The willingness to fulfill our function. Accepting God's plan for the one function that we would fulfill and then everything will be laid out before us all obstacles removed clear direction clear path we need do nothing everything is assured are we willing to live in that space where we're not making it happen we're allowing it to unfold You see, I find that many people do not wish to allow things to unfold. They are getting in the way of their own holiness. So willingness is what's required here. It's an active, active willingness. Actively looking for the loving choices. Actively choosing to extend compassion, to extend kindness and generosity this is what is required. Good intentions are not enough. We must actively be willing. And then everything is certain. How cool is that? That's so cool. <laughs> All right. Yes. I love this topic. Get out of the way of our own holiness. Let everything be provided to us. Let everything come our way. I have to say I experience this more and more with every passing day. I just spent the weekend with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free and just telling stories of how this was provided, that was provided, everything in a miraculous way being provided where we are willing to accept it and to fulfill our function. It's beautiful. So this is what I'm interested in sharing with everyone. Let's do it together. indeed. Ah, so check out my my worthiness and unworthiness, classes, free classes, everything that's coming up the week after Thanksgiving, first week in December. Check out all the details at jenniferhadley.com on the events page. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> and we are talking about getting out of the way of our own holiness and recognizing our worth, our worth. In chapter 2, section 3, uh, which is entitled The Altar of God, where Jesus is letting us know that our heart is the altar of of God and that our response ability is to clear the altar of the false idols to make room for God. And in this short section, uh, Jesus says that in at the very end of it, the children of God are entitled to the perfect comfort that comes from perfect trust. Until they achieve this, they waste themselves and their true creative powers on useless attempts to make themselves more comfortable by inappropriate means. So think of the ways that you have strived to make yourself more comfortable when really the only thing that gives us rest is to rest in God to be still and know I am God. That's where the rest is. Come all ye who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. The rest comes from recognition of our holiness. So we're getting out of the way of our holiness by putting an end to trying to make things happen, trying to prove our worth or our lovability, and to simply rest in God, to be still and know I am that I am. The children of God are entitled to the perfect comfort that comes from perfect trust. Until they achieve this, they waste themselves and their true creative powers on useless attempts to make themselves more comfortable by inappropriate means. So, in other words, trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic to f- have a more comfortable seating arrangement is not a good use of our energy. Resting in God is. He says, but the real means are already provided and do not involve any effort at all on their part. The atonement is the only gift that is worthy of being offered at the altar of God because of the value of the altar itself. So the atonement is perfect love. The atonement is the full recognition that there was no separation, nor could there ever be. So that is the gift when we accept the atonement. We accept that we are perfect love and we are perfectly loved and that we've never been separate from our Creator. That is the gift that we give to God. And so this is what we're offering by holding in our heart, which is the altar of God. And this is the only gift that is worthy of being offered from our heart because of the value of our heart. Our, our, the altar of God, which is our heart, was created perfect and is entirely worthy of receiving perfection. God and God's creations are completely dependent on each other. God depends on them because God created them perfect. God gave them his peace so they could not be shaken and could not be deceived. Whenever you're afraid, you are deceived and your mind cannot serve the Holy Spirit. This starves you by denying you your daily bread. God is lonely without his sons, and they are lonely without him. They must learn to look upon the world as a means of healing the separation. The atonement is the guarantee that they will ultimately succeed. So I have learned to rest in knowing that I will succeed. God is succeeding. I am succeeding. The healing is happening now. The atonement is happening now. Everything is in perfect divine order. Let me not doubt it or question it. Let me only accept it. Yes. So let's look a little bit at where this unworthiness comes from. People think that they are afraid because of situations and circumstances, because what they see in the world is frightening, but that's just not true. It's really, really not true. We're afraid because we judge, because we attack, because we are holding things against our brothers and sisters. In the section uh, at the beginning of chapter 13, in the introduction, first paragraph, and chapter 13 is entitled The Guiltless World, Jesus says, If you did not feel guilty, you could not attack. So attack is born of guilt. All judgment is, Is attack. He says, if you did not feel guilty, you could not attack, for condemnation is the root of attack. It is the judgment of one mind by another as unworthy of love and deserving of punishment. But herein lies the split. For the mind that judges, perceives itself as separate from the mind being judged, believing that by punishing another, it will escape punishment. All this is but delusional attempt of the mind to deny itself and escape the penalty of denial. It is not an attempt to relinquish denial, but to hold on to it. For it is guilt that has obscured the father To you, and it is guilt that has driven you insane. So, when we perceive ourselves as separate, then we will attack because we will be judging people unworthy. That is the attack, and that's why we feel afraid. Because we are sending attack thoughts out into the one mind. And we could say, deep down in our consciousness, we all have the awareness that the way this world works is what is done unto you. Uh, What you do to another will be done unto you. And so... There is this belief in punishment. If we punish another, we will be punished. But we are not punished because we punished someone else. It only seems like we're being punished. We're being helped to feel what it feels like to be punished. So that we'll have compassion and go the other way. So we feel unworthy because we offer punishment instead of correction, right? So the loving person offers correction, not punishment. The unloving person is going to feel afraid because they know that they are offering attack. When they could offer compassion and they will feel guilty and the experience of that guilt is often fear. So, we learn to pay attention to our feelings and when we feel upset or bothered in any way, shape or form, we recognize that we have identified with the body We've identified with littleness. We've identified with unworthiness. And we are judging ourselves. One of the punishments we offer ourselves for having been unloving, unkind, etc. is that we believe we are unworthy of love. I mean, what could be the greater punishment ...than deeming someone unlovable. It's like saying you are not of God. You are of this world. And therefore you are not lovable. It's saying that your holiness is not intact. You are unlovable. And because you've lost your holiness... ...you should be punished... You should be punished. And so this is the vicious cycle that we can fall into. And the escape from all of it, all of this, is the return to our holiness. To get out of the way of our holiness. So let's go back to chapter 20, section 4, last paragraph. You may wonder how you can be at peace when, while you are in time, there is so much that must be done before the way to peace is open. Perhaps this seems impossible to you, but ask yourself if it is possible that God would have a plan for your salvation that does not work. Let's just look at that. Is it possible... That God would have a plan for our salvation that simply doesn't work. That seems crazy, right? So, then Jesus says, Once you accept God's plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. He will go before you, making straight your path. And leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacle to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything, except the only purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you and what can be more certain than a son of God. So, this is not conditional and it's not contingent because it rests on us. And we are the Son of God. We are the Christ. And so our healing, our resurrection, our ascension, our awakening is certain. We can delay it or we can decide to fulfill the one function that Spirit is asking of us to truly let go of all of our judgments and misperceptions. And we don't have to figure out how the healing will occur. We just have to be willing. This is the point that I'm offering you today. Willingness trumps everything. It's far more powerful than intention. Willingness is something that we are living in now, whereas intention is something that's futuristic. So I can have an intention now to be loving now, but it's not the same as willingness. This is why Jesus tells us our willingness is the only requirement. So let us be fully and completely willing now. Let us not delay for one minute. So when we get triggered in our days, when we feel irritated and frustrated, when we feel like something's wrong with us and we're not enough, that is the time to practice willingness. Willingness to let the thought simply be Without investing in it, without arguing with it, without affirming it. Just let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. We're the ones who give it energy. We're the ones who give it life. We're the ones who give it meaning. So let's just step back. And practice the neutrality that will raise us up. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get out of the way of our holiness. Chapter 15, Section 3 Littleness versus Magnitude. It begins Be not content with littleness. But be sure you understand what littleness is and why you could never be content with it. Littleness is the offering you give yourself. You offer this in place of magnitude and you accept it. Everything in this world is little because it is a world made out of littleness in the strange belief that littleness can content you. When you strive for anything in this world, in the belief that it will bring you peace, you are belittling yourself and blinding yourself to glory. Littleness and glory are the choices open to your striving and your vigilance. You will always choose one at the expense of the other. So if we choose littleness we won't experience the glory. If we choose glory, we will not experience littleness. Next paragraph, Jesus says, Yet what you do not realize each time you choose is that your choice is your evaluation of yourself. Every time you choose littleness instead of glory, it is your choice that is your evaluation of yourself. He says, choose littleness and you will not have peace, for you will have judged yourself unworthy of it. And whatever you offer as a substitute is much too poor a gift to satisfy you. It is essential that you accept the fact and accept it gladly that there is no form of littleness that can ever content you. You can never be content with littleness. It's not your nature. It's not your destiny. It's not congruent with who you are. Choose littleness and you will not have peace Because you will have judged yourself unworthy of peace. That's why you're choosing littleness. So unworthiness is a story that we have made up. And we're getting in the way of our own holiness. We're not letting our holiness clear the path, lead the way. This is one of the things that... Lisa and Bill and I were talking about over the weekend is we've really learned to just get the personality out of the way and give up the wanting, needing, craving and allow spirit to provide, allow spirit to lead and guide. And that, of course, requires trust, which is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. So it is about trusting in our magnificence, trusting in God's infinite glory, that we have to be worthy of all good all the time, even if we've been mean and unkind. We're still worthy of all good all the time. And all we have to do is shift in our heart to see our worthiness, And stop judging ourselves. And when we do. We're going to stop being mean and unkind. Because we're going to recognize. The unity of all life. And we won't have any interest. In choosing separation anymore. Everything spirals in on itself. In a good way. Because the healing happens. So fast. So quickly. And our willingness is all that's required. Again willingness is a now business it's a now thing it's it can only happen now the only way to experience willingness is to be willing now it is essential that you accept that littleness will never satisfy you it's essential there's no form of littleness, unworthiness, not enoughness, unlovableness that can ever content you because it's not true. He, are, he says, You are free to try as many forms of littleness as you wish, but all you'll be doing is to delay your homecoming. For you will be content only in magnitude, which is your home. There is a deep responsibility you owe yourself, and one you must learn to remember all the time. The lesson may seem hard at first, but you will learn to love it when you realize that it is true and is but a tribute to your power. You who have sought and found littleness, remember this. Every decision you make stems from what you think you are and represents the value that you put upon yourself. Every decision you make stems from what you think you are and your decisions represent the value that you put upon yourself. Believe the little can content you, and by limiting yourself, you will not be satisfied. For your function is not little, and it is only by finding your function and fulfilling it that you can escape from littleness. So, Let the prayer be, let me fulfill my function today. Let me give holiness its sway. Let me fulfill my function today. Let me give holiness my its sway. Let me live and move for my holiness and the magnitude of my holiness. My holiness lights up the world. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. My holiness envelops everything I see. My holiness blesses the world. There is nothing my holiness cannot do. My holiness is my salvation. I am the light of the world. Forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. Let me fulfill my function and be the light of the world. So all, so many lessons, right? Are all about this. So many of the workbook lessons. Let's get out of the way of our holiness and let's shine the light of love, acceptance, unconditional compassion and acceptance. Let's extend this, this holiday season. We do the self-forgiveness work and then there's no possibility of holding things against other people if we've truly forgiven ourselves. Let's walk the talk. Let's live the love. This is the gift that we can share with our loved ones and it brings a healing. Oh my goodness, it's Thanksgiving time, it's my birthday time, and I'd just like to say how grateful I am to be able to connect with you through this podcast. What a blessing you are to me. I feel you, I love you, and I thank God for you. Thank you for blessing me with our connection. I feel so grateful. <laughs> we are both blessed. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Let's pray. So grateful to let the blessings be, to be a blessing, to share a blessing. We are grateful. We are grateful. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Mwah.